last two shows were amazing. Dr. Tro and Chris Cooper. You forgot about Travis. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was great, too. That doesn't really count as a show. Different kind of show, but he was also good and fun to talk to. Uh, the Dr. Tro people are like, holy shit, like, I'm really motivated to get my shit together. And Chris Cooper, man, if you're an affiliate, even if you're not an affiliate, you just want to know what's going on in the CrossFit ecosystem. I was, what, what an honor it is to know him and be able to call him and talk to him. Yeah, very, both guys in their own realms are very, very impressive. I had no idea that Chris Cooper ran the world's largest gym consulting firm. I mean, it makes sense, but I, I guess I know. Yeah, I just hadn't thought about it that way before, but it does make sense. I think he has a couple thousand customers. Don't quote me on that. A couple thousand gyms on board. I'd believe it. And he's one of those guys that, you know, no matter what he's already done, he's always kind of looking forward, looking for the next thing. And that, that's what, that's what successful people do. Yeah. He, he oozes success, doesn't he? Yeah. He's very, very composed, but very professional. Um, Someone called me this morning and they said, hey, I just figured out your shit. I just figured out what your stick is. And I go, what? And they go, you're one of those people who thinks they're too cool for something. So you pretend like you don't know about it. I'm like, what do you, you know, like, like I'm not on Facebook. So this is kind of a good example, but someone will be like, oh, what's your Facebook page? And I'll be like, I don't have Facebook. You know, like I'm too cool for Facebook. And this person was accusing me of, uh, I really love the games but I think I'm too cool to admit that I love the games. I'm like, you're out of your fucking mind. What are you talking about? He's like, dude, look at who you surround yourself with. Brian Friend, the guy who knows more about the games than anyone. Dave Castro, he's got some senior position at the games. Uh, Matt Fraser, he, he won a few of the games. And then Josh Bridges, who's like, you know, the, 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 the poster child for the games. And I'm just like, holy shit. You're wrong, but I really like that. You're so wrong, but I really. I love that analysis. Actually, I didn't tell him he was wrong. I'm like, wow, you nailed me. He'll feel good about that. You know what I like about interviewing people like Travis Mayer when we were done? I was thinking the people who I like to hang around, do you know like when someone cooks a loaf of bread, they put a toothpick into it and then they pull the toothpick out and if stuff's stuck to the toothpick, the bread's not ready. But if there's nothing stuck to the toothpick, the bread is ready. I love talking to people when you can just stick that toothpick in as far as you want and it still just doesn't touch anything and you pull it out and it hasn't pulled anything out. Nothing triggers them. They're not offended. They're just like – because so many people in this world, so much shit sticks to them because they have this massive identity that they're constantly protecting and getting triggered and you're bobbing and weaving around it. But I just love guests that you can just um, you can just have at it. Just go at them. So he's – Like you can tell He's well-cooked. <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. He's awesome. He's awesome. I mean, you can go really deep. You get a handful of people in a room together who are like that, who can just shed chunks of their identity and not be offended. You can really like have some substantive uh, conversations. Unlike the one we're going to have now, which is going to be very surface level. Not because you trigger easy, Brian, but because it's about the CrossFit Games. The Granite game. So what's going on this week? More, more. Well, first, before we talk about this week, let's just and, and cover last week. How did, how did you do with your picks last week? I did it, um, pretty well. The, uh, Australian regional or semifinal, sorry, the Australian semifinal, 
I had the um, two of the th- three girls and three of the top four, and um, I was, felt pretty good about that. And on the men's side, yeah, that's great. My my like big kind of upset pick, I guess, was Royce Dunn, and he ended up winning the whole thing. And I basically didn't have him in a qualifying position until I saw the programming, and then I, I saw it and I thought it was very good for him, and obviously it was. So I felt good about that one. Um, I had I had picked James Newberry to make it. He did not make it. He was very close. He was the the, the last man out. Um, but you know, so we, does that mean he goes to last chance qualifier? He'll be at the last chance qualifier. Yep. Okay. And then so so in, in uh, Australia was pretty good. Um, and then at the uh, Mid Atlantic, on the women's side, I like I had said, the top four were going to be the top four, and they were the top four. And then there was going to be a close battle for the sixth spot. I had or the fifth spot, and Jessica Griffith ended up taking it. I had her fifth. And, um, you know, I, I, I missed on Rebecca Voigt Miller and Olivia Sulik did not do as well as I thought, but the other three girls that I had in that like five through nine spot were the ones who ended up battling for the last spot. So pretty good overall uh, with the women. And then the men, my big pick was to pick Travis Williams to make the games. He ended up withdrawing from the competition. So we never got to see that. My other kind of, not your fault, not your fault, not your fault. No, and it was, you know, he's a, I think he's a fun athlete to watch because he's very dynamic. So I was kind of bummed that we didn't get to see him in some of those workouts, but he, you know, he had to go to work. So, and then, uh, the other big kind of pick I had was that Samuel Quant would miss the games, which he did miss the games. And we talked about it with Travis. You know, it seems like there might have been some medical complications there. So obviously, you know, you always want to see the athletes at their best. So we hope Sam as well. But, um, other than that, Jason Hopper was in my last chance qualifier. And he obviously did very well, a lot better than... Um, oh, so he was on your radar. Yeah, I had him in seventh. Um, I didn't, I didn't, I'd never seen him compete live before. I had heard that he was good. I know that he'd beaten some good guys, but I didn't have the, um, you know, I just had, hadn't had any substance to put him ahead of the other guys in that region because it's a very top-heavy region. Um, so, are, so are you surprised that Jason Hopper won? I'm surprised he won. I'm not, I'm not that surprised that he made the games. Like I thought that was a possibility, but I didn't see how I could realistically pick it having never seen him compete before. However, based on how well he did and some other stuff I know, I am picking a guy to make the games this week who I've never seen compete before. So if you're not necessarily maybe surprised is too strong, but you definitely are surprised that he dominated. Would you say it was fair he dominated the mid Atlantic region? I think, you know, the scoreboard is, uh, there's like a 30 point gap between him and the next guy. And then there's three guys pretty tight and then like a hundred point gap to fifth place. So those top four okay. guys were pretty impressive and he was the leader of the pack. So I would say, yeah, it was pretty, pretty dominating. Um, when you say you were surprised, um, by, uh, Rebecca Voigt's placement, do you think that even though you're own you're, you're, a, a grandchild of the, um, late great Dr. Spock, from Star Trek that you maybe had some emotion cloud your judgment because you wanted to see her go again? No, I I mean, I hadn't picked her to go. I just know that she's got so much experience and she's good in a live setting. And I, I expected her to do better in the live setting than she did in the online setting. Um, and you know, it's, it's, it's still an unknown for for the sport of where the drop off is. Like, at what point does it actually become impossible for a, for a woman or a man to make the games? Uh, and she, you mean because of age? Yeah, and her and and Sam Briggs are the two women that are like leading that charge of showing us what's possible up to a certain point. Um. So maybe you know maybe maybe she's reached that point where it's not 
she's not going to ever make the games as an individual again, which is okay. And we found that out this weekend, maybe. How old is she? Do you know? Uh, I think she's competing in the 40 to 44 division this year. So wow. early 40s. Wow. I think. Um, what do we have going on? Um, do, do, does, does everything start on Friday this week or is it another Thursday start for those of us in North America? Meaning th- when we watch Australia, we <clears throat> get to see it on Thursday. Yeah, this should be a Friday start. The, um, two semifinals, the ones in Cape Town, uh, South Africa and the other ones in Minneapolis in the United States. So the Cape Town one will start first, uh, you know, and based on time that I think there's, I can't remember how many hours ahead they are, but, um, there will be an article out soon on the morning chalk up with all the details of how to watch that, that my uh, Patrick is writing. And, uh, it should be Friday, like Friday morning in the United States, I think. Well, why do they call it the granite games? I don't know the origins of the name actually, but, um, it's always been called that uh, as far as I do know. And that, um, it's like, I think 2012 was the first year of this event. I don't know. I can try to find out, but I don't know. With all due respect, uh, is there anything worth talking about in Cape Town? I mean, by by due respect, I mean I know it's still they're still going to the games, but is there anyone there who can who's not going to be in the bottom ten at the CrossFit Games? I think that the team that qualifies and the wom- w- woman that qualifies will probably be in the first heat or the bottom ten at the games, which is okay. Uh, someone has to be. But the if Jason Smith qualifies again, he has the potential to be in a heat other than that one. Jason Smith is probably similarly to Rebecca Voigt and Sam Briggs. He's the guy on the men's side of competition, maybe because of where he lives, but he still performs well when he competes at, at the games and at some of these high sanctionals. I mean, he's he competed at Dubai, which is a very competitive competition twice at both both seasons of sanctionals and finished seventh at both both of those. And if you look at the top ten in that roster i mean it's velner it's fikowski it's roman krennikov it's a lot of really good guys from the games and he's right in the mix with them um bkg competes there like some, you're talking about top 10 games athletes so jason smith's like 37 or 38 now and he's pushing that upper echelon of what can a how old can you be and still be competitive in the men's field he's basically the only guy over 35 who's ever been competitive in the men's field so he's worth watching i would say and uh he's one of those guys it's like until you beat him, he's the guy to beat in Africa. So, he, so would it be fair to say that if he was competing anywhere besides South Africa, he would not be going? So he might not be necessarily a good benchmark for how old you can be and still compete competitively in the uh, open division at the games. I mean, the way that it was structured in 2018, he had to compete in the Meridian Regional, which he was competing against guys from parts of Europe and he was still able to qualify. Now that was three years ago. Um, wow. That's so he, impressive. You know, so I, I think he would have a chance. Like if he was competing at Granite Games this weekend, I think he would be right in the mix to earn a game spot. Wow. Okay. Okay. Good. Sorry, J- Jason. I tried to chop you down and make you a nobody, but Brian has brought up some valid points and, and, I, and I'm a believer. Um, so quickly switching to the Granite Games, I'm noticing that Street Horner is going to go. Does he have any chance of making it to the games? God, I'd love it if he went to the games. Why? He's just a good dude. He's just a really good dude. And, and I and I feel like because I always thought he was a foreigner, 
<laughs> and he's not a foreigner that I that I that I owe him some extra love that I should get that I should get on the bandwagon. He was um Do you know he had a thing with uh Catherine David's daughter for a while? Yeah, and that's why I thought he was a European. I thought that just like, you know, I figured it's just those that group, you know, that weren't in the United States, they bred together. So because he was with Dodor daughter, I thought I thought for sure he was European. And he has an amazing physique. He has he he, he reminds me he reminds me of a, a the kind of Kenneth Leverich. Can, am I saying his name right? Not quite as tall as Ken, Kenneth, Ken, but he yeah, very similar. Uh, the body is yeah, impressive. Just you're just hoping for dumbbell snatch, you know, like high rep dumbbell snatch, so you can see all their veins and traps and shit pop out. Well, Street Horner this is so, an interesting athlete because he actually earned an invite to the semifinals via backfill. And of there's like 65-ish athletes that declined invites to semifinals. Therefore, there are 65 backfill athletes across all 10 semifinals. And he's the only one that I really think, maybe Jason Carroll, but other than those two guys, that has a real chance to make the games as a backfield athlete, which has happened before. Pablo Chalfoun in, this, in uh, South, America, South America made it that one year as a backfield. But it's pretty rare. And uh, if he makes it, then you know you have to start asking the question of like if this guy was good enough to place fifth if or better at a semifinal, why was he not able to place in the top 120 North American men in the quarterfinal? So, How, are we looking at 30 men and 30 women for, for for this Granite Games? Yeah, semifinals. Yeah. Okay, so what you're saying is that he didn't qualify for this in the top 30. Sorry, I'm walking back. I just want to make sure I understand this. How many down past 30 was Street Horner? Were there, was, was, it wasn't you, 30, you, so it wasn't 30. It was 120. You had to finish in the top 120 men in North America, oh, and then they okay, divided you into okay. four groups of 30. He was 125. So you're saying that basically someone up until the 185th place, what I'm doing is I'm taking 120 and I'm adding 65. But half of those were saying, women. Half of those were women, at least. Okay. And not all of them were in North America. All right, I can't do you. You just I'm I'm a I'm a third grade math <laughs> wizard. How many? How can I'll just ask the question then instead of trying to show off that I can add. How many? How 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 far out was he? How low was he on the list? How many people had to decline before Street Horner made it in? Five. Oh, I should have just just gone with that instead of trying to show off. <laughs> it's I mean look it's not it's not very first of all. It's it's not that easy to follow, and CrossFit didn't advertise any of the backfills and declines. I was checking the leaderboards day by day and sometimes multiple times a day and filling in rosters based on declines and backfills, and I have a document that has all of them so I can see where the lowest ranked How much person is. Cro- does CrossFit pay you a lot of money to do that? <laughs> no money. No money. <laughs> are, 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 these, are these names that I see... On the, I'm looking at the Granite Games. I'm looking at the list of uh, male competitors. Are they in any particular order? On the website? Yes, sir. No. Uh, as far as I know, they're not. I th- actually, I think they're in the order of the w- of which they uh, accepted and registered for the competition from the bottom up. So the l- top guy registered last. So pointless. Okay. Um, it actually that, made it very easy for me to do my backfills that way because I could always just look yeah. and I would see, oh, another guy registered after Street Horner. Well, for you, the hat cup is half full. For me, it's pointless. <laughs> it's half empty. Okay, so uh, one more thing as I look at this. I see Stephen Jones is from Canada, and I know a lot of Canadians just bitch regularly anyway. It's part of their national pastime. But I know that they've been bitching extra lately because their semifinals are online qualifiers, right? They don't get to do any in their country that are live because they're locked down until 2028. <laughs> 
Yeah, so Atlas Games is supposed to be the um, Canadian semifinal in North America, and I think it's appropriate that the Can- that Canada gets one of the four because they do have a lot of very talented athletes there. But because True. they're locked down, um, did you say 2028 or 3028? Th- I may have said 2000. I meant 3000. Thank you. So Corrected by Brian Friend again. Know, they'll be locked down for a while. And uh, So tell they- me why Stephen Jones is in here then. Stephen Jones, no. he has a Canadian flag next to his name. I, I I don't definitively know because the rules state that all Canadians will compete in the Atlas Games online, but there are two men that are not competing in the Atlas Games online, and I was not privy to the backroom conversations of what the circumstances were that made them exempt from that. And which two are they besides Stephen Jones? No, he's one you of them, the one? and Cedric Lapointe, mm-hmm. or Lapointe is the other one who will be competing at the West Coast Classic in two weeks. Interesting. Okay, and, we, and we've seen that in the previous weeks. You were explaining that to me last week. No, this week, is different. That, oh. Those athletes had an inability to travel. So Emma Chapman, Tia Claire Toomey, Carla Henriette could not get to South Africa or Australia to compete in their competition. The, peop- the Canadians that live in the United States could compete in the Canadian competition because it's online. You can do it from anywhere. Oh, shit. So there's got to be something else going on there. I don't know what it is, but what I do know is that there are other Canadians that wanted to compete in person because they feel they have a, a better chance of making the games in person that committed, I'll come to the U.S., I'll travel anywhere you want, I'll do the competitions. If I make the games, I'll stay until the games so that I don't have to deal with Canada in the meantime, and they weren't given that option. But these two guys somehow were. Interesting. So I'm trying to figure out what, why what was the, what was the circumstance, but I haven't uh, I haven't found it out yet. I'm, I was just looking something up right now. I was gonna say like, God, I thought that was a word. I was gonna try using a word, but it's not a word. I was gonna call. I was gonna be like people like Patrick Welp Welp Welpner, like whelping, because I thought whelping was something that baby dogs did when they were like crying. Yelping? But, I don't know. <laughs> I just spelt it wrong. It's W-H-E-L-P. Okay. I'll try that joke again on another podcast. Maybe if we have Mon as a guest. Um, okay, so let's talk about it. Uh, where do you want to start? I'm game. Granite Games? I'm going to start with the Granite Games men. I got that open. Sure. Um, uh, who's going to win? Let's just do it. Should should be Chandler Smith. Okay. Chandler Smith is a guy that people think can win the games. People think that we haven't seen the best from him yet. He recently got out of the Army. He recently moved up to New England to train with the comp train crew up there. And he has potential at high-level events. He's been fifth and fourth at Rogue. He won the Mayhem Classic. I think he's a top-10 threat at the games for sure. But he needs to prove that he can come in as a favorite and win this weekend. So that's you know he's the guy to beat and... um and he sh- he should do very well with the you know the programming suits him. I think that he's kind of immune to programming. Like he's he's that good. So I think he should win. Who 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 did he beat at the Mayhem Classic? Um, who is who took second? You know, I can't remember. I could look it up, but I can't remember. And he did he used to train with Noah and Travis? Yeah, when he was in the army, he would travel around quite a bit and train with different guys. But he definitely spent some time down there. Yeah. Okay, because I just remember seeing a lot of pictures of him and Noah together. Yeah, yeah, past. he's trained at the uh, training think tank quite a bit. Was he recruited by Comp Train, or is that something he did on his own? Do you know? 
Um, I mean, I'm, I think that they were interested in gathering some athletes in that area. They brought Amanda Barnhart, Samuel Quantin, and then when he got out of the army, he moved up there. So I'm sure there was like an, you know, I, I don't know who was driving the conversation, but I'm sure it was on both ends. And how old is Chandler Smith? I think he's in his mid to late twenties. Okay. So outside of the fact, and, and didn't he lose his finger one year? Yeah, just just like the the top knuckle up on one finger. That was 2017, and that's what. And and he would have gone to the games that year if it wasn't for that small mishap. Oh, we don't know. He he didn't really get to compete that year because of it. And how did he lose it? Uh, I can't remember the details of it, but I think it was an army related accident. And besides his um, magnificent physique, his sort of claim to fame is is that he's he's quite the celebrator, right? Um, I think his. I don't know if that's like when he wins an event, when he wins an event, I'm trying to think how he popped on my radar. I thought I remember seeing videos of him just being really excited, like sort of that Josh Bridges type explosion. No, he had a workout in 2016. It was a running GHG sit up deadlift workout. There were reps of Mm -hmm. deadlifts at four Oh five. And he was chasing down Ben Smith at the end of that event. And he pulled four Oh five off the floor seven times in 12 seconds. He still lost to Ben by like one second, but it was, extremely energetic maybe you might have been be thinking of this event and it's like that event and his performance specifically in the last round is what put him on the map or initially in 2016 that's why everyone was excited for 2017 and then he had that injury and then you know, every, the, you know he's been doing pretty well since then but uh but it, i think it definitely put it like hindered his career like slowed it down a little bit he basically had a year setback i wonder if that um finger missing affects his performance at all I was actually just and talking this. to him an hour ago, but I didn't ask him that. It's it's amazing how this sport, you know, in 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 MMA or in football or basketball, there's all there's plays that people do that that distinguish them from other people, or they might just have one play, a last minute, you know, last second shot in basketball, an amazing knockout in MMA, and you might not be the greatest player ever, but if you have one of those performances. <clears throat> Excuse me. You'll become a fan favorite, and people will remember that. And I and I like that that you were you were telling that story about Chandler Smith because that is one of the cool things about CrossFit. And you have people like Josh Bridges. Not that he's not great, but he has moments like that that have stolen the fans' hearts, and it's cool. Yeah, and Ch- I mean Chandler, he's very um, charismatic. And he's very jovial. He like he like he'll mess around. He'll have a good time. He's not always serious, but when it comes down to the events, he's very good and. You know, he takes the floor. He intends to, to to do well and to win. And you know, he was uh, when I was talking to him earlier today. He was saying like, "I'm here to I'm here to work and I'm here to earn my spot at the games." And he's very focused on that. And Cody Anderson made a name for himself like that too by just having some you know one or two, three, four amazing events. The crowd really gets behind him, and and they love to see sort of like, you know, the guy who's not going to win the game is winning an event. You know. I looked up who we beat well, at the at the Mayhem Classic, by the way. Okay, who? Well, second place you might not know is a guy named Luke Schaefer, but after him was Jeffrey Adler, who was fifth at the games last year. He also beat uh, Alexander Caron, Saxon Panchik, Ben Smith, Drew Wayman, Matt Hewitt, Tola Morquino. So it was a pretty good field. Okay. Matt Hewitt's allowed to... What year was that? 2020, January of 2020. Hmm. I didn't know Matt Hewitt was allowed. I thought... I thought the the gossip vine said that Matt Hewitt wasn't allowed to be in the same room as Rich Froning. Maybe maybe I have my dates confused, but my gossip is sounds pretty good. 
Um, second place after Chandler Smith. I think Saxon Panchik is the the clear second pick here. Maybe Tim Paulson. Those are probably the next two guys. Um, I see a guy named Gamboa on there. Yeah, Ro- that's it's, not. It's Roy Gamboa. Th- it is. Yeah, he's still around. Still around. He was competing on a team the last couple of years, so he wasn't in the individual field. But I actually. I actually really like him in this competition. There's a lot of strength elements here, and he's a very strong guy with a lot of experience. I think he's got Tons a chance to make it. Yeah, I think I think he can make it, and I think that'd be cool if he did. He's one, I, I don't know if I ever interviewed him, but I was always fascinated with him at the CrossFit Games, and I, I think he was one of those people that I was, I was always like, hey, man, I should really go interview him. But because it was like going to be work to break the ice, I just went to like my, 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 my trusted guys that were just easy to talk to. So I should have talked to him. Roy, Roy Did Gamboa, he play college? He Go played ahead. college football in the same conference in Texas that I played college soccer in. And when I went to the games okay. for the first time in 2016, I had I was doing a fantasy draft with some of my friends, and Roy was on my team. And so every event, I had really I had a really good seats in the Coliseum, and I always got there early to get good seats in the tennis stadium. So I was close enough that if I yelled, the athletes could hear me. And every event, when he took the field, I go, "You're my boy, Roy." And after like after like several <laughs> events awesome. after several events of that, he finally looked up because no one else was cheering for him. He was there with like his parents and his fiance, and and I was mm-hmm. like I like he looked up and I like pointed at him. I was like, "You're my boy, you're my boy." He's like, "Who is this guy?" <laughs> but flash That's forward, awesome. flash forward to flying home from the games, and I'm in the airport flying back to Texas, and who's sitting across the waiting area for me to get on the plane? Roy Gamboa, and I was with my dad, and he's like, "You got to go say hi to him." Like you've been yelling at him all weekend. He's sitting there by himself. And so I went up to talk to him, introduced myself. I was like, I'm the guy that was yelling, you're my boy, Roy. And he's like, I was wondering who that was. Like, there's no one else cheering for me. I don't even know why you were cheering for me. And I was like, why are you flying by yourself? Like, where's your family? Didn't someone come out here with you? And he goes, yeah, man, actually, I got engaged last night to my wife, but she doesn't like to fly, so she's driving back with my parents. So he was flying back along. Oh, that's sweet. Oh, I can just click the the athletes' names on the on the page, and I can see their weight and their age. Yep. Oh, Street Horner's only five nine. He looks so tall in pictures. Um. Yeah, Gamb- he, he 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 did seem like a little bit of a loner at the games. Like he kept to himself. He just did his shit. He yeah. just did his shit. But he's power uh, power Paul- athlete, man. Very good. It's, it's certain stuff. T- Tim Paulson, uh, six foot one inch, two hundred and fifteen pounds. Uh, I don't. I think it was in New York. Mm-hmm. We were there in Albany. Yeah, in Albany, and he qualified that year. And I remember people were shocked because of his size. Am, am I remembering that right? Oh, uh, the first time he qualified, I think people were surprised. The year that we were there together, he took third, and it was kind of like. A pretty like there was no question he was going to make it kind of year, but he wasn't he wasn't Velner like stealing the show, and he wasn't the guys battling for the last spot. He was just like, yeah, I'm good enough to make it, and that's kind of how I feel about him this week. Is he's you know when the athletes filled out their um their like responses for some surveys for this competition, he said my strength is hammering my weaknesses. He's very well rounded. He doesn't have a lot of at this point he's been doing this a long time he's had a very very consistent training program which i think is super important i mean i know some of these athletes travel travel around and try different coaches and train in different environments but for me the really consistent athletes that thrive over time at least at the beginning of their career have a steady consistent coaching environment training environment 
and they're able to build over time in that. And he's had the same coach, and I'm drawing a blank on the guy's name forever. And, um, you know, he, he owns a gym and he trains there and he manages his gym and it's all very, it's, it's a good environment for him to thrive and, and succeed. So I think he's going to, I don't think he's going to like break any records, you know, make any highlight reels. I think he's just going to show up and be consistent and make the games. David Charbonne. That's his coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Am I saying it right? And he used to coach a bunch, a, a good team too out in the East, like drawing a blank on also. He might have even competed with them. In his profile, he says who he's coached by. That's pretty cool. Because they've been working together for a long time. Yeah, that's really cool. I didn't expect to see that. This is the first time I've been impressed with the game site. Did you know when I tried to watch the semifinals on Saturday, I woke up Saturday morning and I went to the game site and I couldn't even find out what time the semifinals were on. And I clicked around on there. Is it is it on the game site? Do they give that information? Um, I don't. I I, I think there is a place to find it, but I don't know how easy it is to find. A lot of okay. times it'll just link you on the game site. They'll just link you to the competition's website, and then you have to search in there. Dear Dave Castro, I'm on the semifinals leaderboard right now for the Granite Games. It would be awesome if there was a button that said starting at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time and goes till Sunday and tell me when the last event is or something. We are open because a store needs a sign out front that says open and closed and then also hours of business, right? So I know when to come there and spend my money. Yeah, I mean, there are people watching the competitions, but I think if they had something as simple as that, that there might be, you know, 10% or more that, that are able to tune in when they want to. Yeah. Uh, it gives the date, May 27th to June 20th. It would just be nice to have the times. All righty. I know someone's going to say in the YouTube comment, no, you have to do eight clicks and, and you can get to it. Um. Let's talk about the 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 women at the Granite Games. Hold on, hold on. Okay. Taylor Self. This is the guy that I was referring to earlier when we were talking about Jason Hopper. And the some sources that I have have told me that this guy is very good and that everyone should be looking out for him this weekend. So, we got it. We'll see. I have not seen him compete live before. I'm I'm projecting him to do very well based on the things that I have heard and the research that I've done subsequently. So, Taylor Self could be the Surprise pick on the men's field this this week. 5'11", 195 pounds, 25 years old from CrossFit Charlotte. That's pretty much a sweet spot in terms of uh, at least biological metrics. How do you sift through people telling you? Well, if they tell me that someone is the guy to watch. Yeah, if they tell me that, I ask them why. And then if they have something that's significant to back it up, then I'll look into it. If they say, oh, well, I coach him, that's not significant. That just means you have a bias because you coach him. Right. And that was kind of my point. So it's a trusted source. Well, this is the same guy who told me that Jason Hopper was good. Oh, well, that's a good source. Um, When I'm looking at his profile in the upper right-hand corner, it says CrossFit Open 4. Does that mean he took fourth in the Open? Taylor Self? Yeah. I don't think so. Let me click on another name here, Jack Rosema. Let me click on him, view profile. Oh no, they all say they all say four. Cross CrossFit open four. They all have that number four in the corner. I wonder what that signifies. Do you see that? And it's in a blue shield. 
<clears throat> I wasn't on that. So if you go to so. J, if it could be the number of opens he's competed in. Oh, okay. Let me pick someone else. Let me pick uh, Saxon Panchik. Go to profile. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Well, he has a. Bu- oh yeah, it says CrossFit Open seven, CrossFit Regionals four, CrossFit Games two, CrossFit. Okay, wow. But that's okay. not that's not always dependable information because in the case of someone like Travis Mayer, he changed his email address, and when he changed his email address, it created a new page for him, and it didn't transfer the old data over. So there's actually in, incomplete data on his new one, and there's two Travis Mayer profiles, and that's probably right. true for a lot of people. So Taylor Self is sort of your dark horse. Yep. Alrighty. Now can I switch to the women? Yeah. Oh, there's an Armenian girl competing. Jessica Kaligian. Let me click her. She was back. 5'2", 140 pounds, 27 years old. She got in via backfill. Okay. Now, you don't got to say that about the Armenian girl. You just let that. She competed on a team at Wadapalooza last year. They placed 22nd. So she didn't like, that's not very good, is it? No, uh, not really, but it's, you know, Wadapalooza's got a lot of good teams, and it's a team competition, so who who knows? Who right. Knows? I'm not saying it's indicative of how of, of, of her skill level, but maybe that's why she's going individual. Can any of these people still go team? No, because the teams will be competing there. It's done. Your team is your team now. No, inaccurate. So there's a, there's a, oh, there's a, there's a back, backwards kind of way where you could end up. So let's say, for example, that CrossFit Mayhem, which they did not, but let's say that they – actually, I don't know this or not – but let's say they put Haley Adams as an alternate on their roster, but she did not right. compete with them at semifinals. If they made the games and she did not, then they could insert her as a competitor at the games on their team. Wow, that's very fair. How, is there a limit to how many people you could do that with? You can only have six people total on your roster, four that compete, and okay. two alternates. And the alternate's going to be one man and one woman. So if you choose Haley as your alternate and she makes the games and one of your girls gets injured, then you do not have an alternate available or Haley has to forego her games individual competition. So theoretically, the p- team that you competed with at the semifinals, you could replace 50% of it? Yes, in theory. Um, I'm looking before we dig into who your pick is for the women. I'm, I'm, there's two Canadian women again. There's Amy Norton and Alessandra Pacelli. Okay, well, Alessandra Pacelli technically is a Canadian, a U.S. and Italian. She she was able to choose between the three over the last couple of years. And Amy Morton, I think, is dual citizen between U.S. Okay. and Canada. So I don't know why those flags are showing up there, and I kind of wish they weren't because the Canadians are supposed to be c- competing in Canada. But uh, they both live in the United States and have for uh, forever. Uh, Amy Morton, I think, is a she's she's a full time job. Also, she's actually one of the, a lot of people's dark horse pick this weekend to do very well. She's also a mother. A- Age thirty three. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. They, and and they have her because she's from Canada in centimeters. They they don't do the conversion for you. I think it's the athlete's choice to enter centimeters or. or kilograms or pounds or inches and there's a lot of athletes that enter a hybrid they'll say their height in inches but their weight in kilograms or the other way around yeah she put it in pounds that's interesting that that must be part of the diversity equity and cl- <laughs> <laughs> inclusivity at crossfit they let you pick your they let you pick your metric 
Oh, God. It's too easy. Okay. So um, let's hear it. Who do you think is going to win? I think this is a, I think it's tough to pick the winner on the women's side. And the reason I say that is I would, I would pick Christy Aramo O'Connell as the winner, but she usually takes a hit on a heavy lifting event relative to the field and makes up for that in an endurance based event, which there is no endurance based event at the Granite Games this year, which is a different conversation. So I think she'll still make the games, but I don't, but the fact that she's like, there's not a workout that's amazing for her and there is one that's a struggle for her. So I think she'll probably be like, second to fourth. Um, the other veteran pick is Alessandra Puccelli, who crushed the age group online qualifier. Like she dominated everyone in the 35 to 39 region. She's, I think she's still very good. She was seventh at Dubai last year. She was 13th in the quarterfinals. Um, so, so I think Alessandra could win this one, but man, it's, it's actually insane to say it. These two 17 year old girls have a chance to win this weekend. Emma Carey and Mal O'Brien who are both top Wait, five. wait, say, say their names again a little more slowly. Emma Carey mm-hmm. and Mallory O'Brien. Okay. Both of them were top five in the open in the world. Okay. Both of okay. them were top five in the quarterfinals in North America. They're both 17 years old. They're both eligible to compete at the games as teenagers this year. Mallory O'Brien did the age group online qualifier and made the games. Emma Carey said, I'm not doing the age group online qualifier. I only want to go if I make it in the elite individual open division. Wow. And I'm looking at this photo of Mallory O'Brien. She's a brick shithouse. She, but she's 5'3", 145, and she, she looks it. I mean, she is stout. I'm, I'm pretty sure that in the age group online qualifier. Um, Where did these girls come from? <laughs> what did she do in a previous life? No, I How mean, is she so the, talented so quickly? Well, the talent is one thing, but the strength at that age is what blows my mind. If you look at their numbers from the quarterfinals in the four rep max front squat or the, or the, um, open and you look at that lifting complex they had to do, I mean, they did the, it was a deadlift, hang clean, clean, jerk, and they did it at, both did it over 215 pounds at 17 years old. I only did 207 pounds or something, 202 pounds. Now, I'm not very strong relative to a lot of men, but it's like, how did you get that strong by 17? I don't know. I was going to say they were probably born stronger than me. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it's crazy. So why do you think they can win? Just because they're only getting better because they have the engines, because they have the well, – why do you think they can win? I mean, they don't have the experience, that's for sure, right? Not uh, not, not necessarily. Um, I'm not I, – I, I probably should be more familiar with their competitive background, but I've kind of been holding off. I want to see them compete live. I want to see them beat girls that have been at the games before, like Christy and like Alessandra, in some workouts, maybe in the competition. But I think that they can win because this field is a relatively weak field for women. There's no one in this field that I think is a top five games threat. I don't even know if there's a top ten games threat outside of maybe them. I don't. We don't know how good they are yet. Whereas in the other competitions, we had Haley Adams, Tia Killer Toomey, Amanda Barnhart, Brooke Wells, four multiple time top 10 finishers. And then, you know, the next week coming up, we have Carrie Pierce, Danny Spiegel, Daniel Brandon, Bethany Shadburn, Lauren Fisher, like very, very prolific athletes. And in this field, we just don't have those all star women. They, they, there's a lot of women in this field that did very well in the quarterfinals. And you and I have talked about this before. If that's the metric you're using to balance the fields, it, you know, is that really the best metric? And in this case, what you have is a relatively weak field on paper. 
unless you unless you're only looking at that quarterfinal performance and therefore an opportunity for these girls to possibly win this weekend which would be kind of crazy is there a is there a podium finisher at the games in this group no alessandra i think was fourth in 2013 that was eight years ago and and how many people on the podium at the games three or five three three is it always three? You started laughing like that was a dumb question. Uh, it's not that dumb. You have barely, you've rarely been to the games. <laughs> <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, is there anything else you want to say about these women? No, I will tell you. At regionals, they put five people on the podium. So that might have been what was confusing you. And, and that was just because they were trying to s- signify, hey, these are the ones going to the games. Yeah, and they did that last week at oh. the Mid-Atlantic, too. Yeah. I've heard you mention Stephanie Chung's name, right? Yes. Like, I should know it. Well, Oh, yeah, yeah, I clicked on her picture. I recognize her. I recognize her. Yeah, she made the games in, in 2018. She was sixth at Granite Games that year. She was seventh at Wadapalooza in 2019. So she's she's pretty good. She's and She's got some uh, talent. Um, sorry, I was not reading her stats correctly. Those stats were for Kendall Vincelette. And Kendall or Vincelletti, I've been corrected, is Kendall Vincelletti. And she's another girl that could make it this weekend. Steph Chung does also have four top ten finishes and sanctionals over her career. She's, you know. So I think that after Christy Alessandra, Mallory, and Emma, those are the most likely next two to make it. Either Kendall Vincelletti or, or Steph Chung. Is she tall for a, a she's five five. Is that tall for a female competitor? What what's the average height for women? Normally it's like five four, five four and a half, so it's not it's not too big of an outlier. Okay. I'm trying to see if I recognize any of the other names on here. I, I mean, it's, I really don't. No, it doesn't. They're, okay, they're, okay. Before we leave this, you said something that piqued my curiosity. Two, um, one, what's wrong with the events at this? I, 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 I sense from you that the events at this competition, you felt like they were lacking. Like they weren't a, a, a good enough test. And when you say there's no endurance, what do you mean? Does that mean that there's no running or that the events aren't long enough? Both. So, okay. um, you know, there's not, there's not a clear understanding amongst the community of what was communicated from CrossFit to the competition directors at the semifinals in terms of what they were required to do. Dave has alluded to it in a couple. Let me let me st- let me stop you there. When you say there's not a clear understanding by the community, my response wants to be, "Who gives a fuck what the community thinks?" My question to you would be, "Who was there a clear understanding of what the competition should look like to the competition directors?" So Dave has, in a couple podcasts, made it sound like that is the case, and I think even Adrian Bosman has also been on some sh- podcasts and made it sound like that is the case. But how okay. d- d- defined those parameters are is what's unknown. Um, I'm okay. at this point, I'm starting but someone to... knows, but someone knows, right? Yeah. And I think, I I'm... mean, we know Dave knows for sure, but do, do you think the re, do you think the semifinal directors know? I don't know, but I'm, I'm thinking I should probably ask this weekend. Okay. Because I'm looking at these events compared to the events from last weekend, compared to the ones in Cape town and compared to the ones for West coast classic in two weeks. Those are the five live events where the competition directors were allowed to program those events. And there's a couple things about this one that stand out very differently from the other ones. Okay. The first is that there's no long events. They, now the, the, what the Granite Games is saying is they have a back to back event on su- Sunday morning 
a 13-minute time cap, a two-minute reset, a six-minute time cap for a total of 21 minutes, and they're calling this the long event. But neither of those workouts is going to take the full time cap, as you know. And so right. you really have two, a short workout and a mid-range workout, and all of their workouts, that 13-minute time cap is the longest time cap of any of them. There's 6, 13, 6, 8, 12, 7, and 12. So there's not a lot of diversity, especially when you look at Cape Town, which is going on this week on, weekend. They have three workouts with a time cap of 16 minutes or longer, 16, 18, and 27 minutes. So you're clearly testing way different time domains at those two competitions alone. If you go back to last week, there was a 48-minute time cap at Australia and a 27-minute time cap, which was a really grueling workout with a lot of running, ring muscle-ups, and wall balls at uh, Mid-Atlantic, and you just don't have one like that this weekend. Is that good or bad? I don't know, but it seems like there's something that's missing if you want to get... I mean, look, you know from being at the games all these years, they test running at the games multiple times. There's only one running part of a running test here, and it's actually an awesome workout, dumbbell, heavy dumbbell thrusters and running. Great, great, and a great test for running as well. But the, uh, there's no, there's really no other monostructural movements. There's a couple skiing. There's like a ski erg in one event, but it's surrounded by long distance handstand walking and deficit handstand pushups. That's where the workouts won and lost. So the ski becomes the only way you can screw up the ski is if you just like really don't understand what you're doing and blow out your shoulders by trying to ski really fast. It's not a, it's not the make or break point of the workout. There's a 30 calorie row that's a buy-in for the rest of the workout. That no, that you know how it is. All of the men and women are going to get off the field within five seconds of the rower, so it's irrelevant. And the only other p- possibility for saying there's any monostructural testing is a 50 yard sprint at the end of one event. 50 yards. 50 yards. <laughs> Just run across what the field that? to the finish line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, Going back to um, that, the twenty-seven minute event was it wasn't like fifteen minutes of that on the on the air runner or the true? How long was the the, the running of that? Uh, Twenty-seven hundred meters total. And how? And what was the fastest someone did that in? Do you know the entire roughly. workout or the twenty-seven hundred meters? No, the twenty-seven hundred meters. Uh, it wasn't in one roughly. shot. It was nine hundred, then four fifty, then four fifty, then three hundred, then three hundred, then three hundred. So. There what wasn't there an event where they were on the what was the event that was eight mile then? <laughs> that was one rep max snatch. Oh, I'm trying. I'm trying to remember. There was an event where I turned the TV on and they were just on the bike forever. They were just on the air runner forever. And I'm trying to. It think, was in Australia. Was there an, and and which one was it? It was called the reverse the triathlon. They had a long okay. long duration on both the bike, the runner, and then finished out with a row. How long were they on the bike? <sighs> I mean, I'm going somewhere with this, by the way. I'm trying to figure out, like, hey, were there, were there people on that bike longer than the longest event at the Granite Games? Because if so, that is that is very weird. Well, the the buy-in in that reverse triathlon was a 5K run. So they were on the air runner for 22 minutes or more. Yeah. Which, yeah, that's Which crazy. is twice, okay, almost twice crazy. as long as the longest event time cap at, at the Granite Games this weekend. Okay. Yeah, um, who who is the? Do you know who the director is at the Grand Games? Like the competition director? Yeah, yeah. Who is it? Dylan Malitsky, I think, is the guy who who's prime. You know, he might have a team that he works with, but he's the competition director or the director of sport for all of Loud and Live's events. Oh, okay, and he has a shitload of experience. Yeah, a ton. So the Grand Games is notorious, positive or negative, however you look at that word, for being a a heavy test. 
and they have a bunch of heavy implements here. Oh, that's here. cool. Their weight. That's cool. They have 10 weightlifting implements. I already listed the four monostructural implements, and those are kind of a stretch to even get to four, and six gymnastics implements in their programming. So it's weightlifting biased and heavy, and that's okay. But it's okay in the context of it's the history of the Granite Games. Is it okay in the context of this is a qualifier for the games, and we want people at the games that are going to be able to sh- show up to the games and be competitive? And I don't know. Well, it's not okay with Christy or Rama, that's for sure, right? No, and there's other people too that are going to be pretty bummed out that they got sent to this one based on the programming when they know that there are events at the other one that they could have done really well at. And sometimes in these competitions, doing really well in two events and averaging the rest of them is all you need to make it. That's what happened with you know Zach Watts last week. He won an event, a couple fourth-place finishes, a couple bad finishes, fifth place going to the games. Uh, what do you mean that's what happened to him? I mean, he... He didn't have, you know, you can have like a very consistent weekend where you're like 5th, 8th, 10th, 12th, 7th, 9th, and you're good enough to go to the games. Or you can have be, have an athlete uh, who is like 1st, 3rd, 5th, 12th, 26th, 28th, and also have enough points to get to the games. Okay. So those is, is athletes there... that excel at certain things and know they have a weakness on other things, and, you, you know, I don't know what's better to have at the games, but personally... I like having the mix. I like having people there that are specialists in some things, still pretty good at other things, to mix it up, right. to challenge the top dogs in an event here and there, to push the pace, whatever it is, change up the leaderboard, punish the guys who are consistent but not good, at, you know, because there's, oh, suddenly we have a strength test. There's a couple strong guys. They move up, and if you happen to have a weakness in the snatch test, now you're not going to get eighth. You're going to get 18th. Did Christy Aramo pick this 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 region? I think she did because the top 10 athletes in the quarterfinals all got the invite that they, like the semifinal that they chose first, and she was 10th in the quarterfinals. And she's been around a while. I wonder if she knew that this was the history of the Granite Games. Has she ever, do you know if she's ever competed in the Granite Games before? I'm not 100% on that, but I think she has. It would be interesting to know how she placed. Not that easy to find. Who, do you know who manages her? No. I know it's a lot of questions. Do you get upset when I ask you questions that you don't know the answer to? Or are you like, God damn it? No, no. I mean, there's a lot of athletes and a lot to know, and I, you know, I do my best, but I know there's things that I that I don't know. I still believe that you know, you just don't have access to it right now. Um, any any other any <clears throat> anything else we want to talk about in here? <clears throat> no, I mean. Um, there are some, there are some good teams in this competition. And it's, I think that if you like team competitions, this is going to be one of the best ones to watch because there's no clear favorite, but there's the entire last heat. The top 10 teams are probably, um, going to be mostly teams that you're familiar with their names and some of the athletes. And it'll be, you know, the programming for the teams is, I'm actually very impressed with. I think it's very good, very diverse programming. And, uh, I think that that'll be a really competitive and fun competition. Will you be blackballed at the event for, not that you said anything critical, but just even like questioning, talking, discussing the programming prior? Uh, you know, I don't think they're listening. <laughs> what do you mean? We have 12 listeners. What are you talking about? But even if they were, about? even if they were listening, I hope that they would know that, you know, I'm only saying that for the same reason that I do any of this, which is I'm asking questions to see how we, how we can optimize the sport. Because I think that I don't think we're there yet, and I think that these questions need to be asked. And then hopefully the people that make those decisions will 
consider them in the off season and, and try to come up with the answer that's going to be best for going forward. And I'm just doing it for Instagram followers, so they shouldn't take offense. I'm just asking questions to make myself relevant and get more Instagram followers. Okay. Uh, so do we want to, do we want to, I, I can click this button and go to Cape Town. Look, I'll do tell you what, I'll, I'll tell you what you need to know about Cape Town. Okay. On the men's side, until yep, someone beats Jason Smith, Jason Smith is the man to beat. And if someone beats him, we'll talk about him next week when he beats him. Okay. On Fair the, enough. On the women's side, there are two veterans in Michelle Morand and Dina Swift. They're both in their early 30s. And there's one younger girl, Michelle Baznet or Baznet. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. She's about 24 or 5. And these three women should be the only, I think they're the only ones that can realistically make the games. And if you're uh, looking for a fun battle, they'll probably have a pretty close race between those three girls. How have you seen the competition on the, on the African continent evolve? Because, I mean, back in the day, it was, I mean, there were four gyms, right? Yeah, I mean, a majority of the athletes are from either South Africa or Egypt. And, um, you know, th- both of those countries were selected to host a uh, sanctional. Cape Town hosted one. Their second one got canceled due to a tennis match between Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer. And no shit. A double booking the arena. Wow, I love that. That's awesome. And the one in Egypt, which was called El Fit, didn't happen for the same reason that most of the events didn't happen, which was due to the COVID. How does anyone in Egypt give a shit? I thought they would be smarter than that. How does anyone over there give a shit about COVID? I actually met the guy who, oh, give a shit about COVID. I was going to say, I met the yeah. guy who was running that competition at Dubai in, in, the last time Dubai had a comp- competition. And he was a really, really cool guy. He actually, I think he played handball professionally for the United States, like on their national team. It is cool to see that it's, 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 it's interesting that it's taking hold in Egypt. I mean, obviously they got some, Cairo is a mega metropolis, um, but it's very cool to see it taking hold there. It is. It isn't cool to see that they're getting sucked up in the COVID nightmare and having to deal with that. Um, is any is the is the issue just sheer numbers with the African continent? Why why is it? Hey, we're they just need another thousand affiliates there, and then we'll get a games you know top ten games guy out of there, or is it the coaching or what what is it, or is it they're just be, they're just behind in the way that like Canada and Europe was behind when CrossFit exploded in North America and they were always a few years behind the states and now they're starting to catch up. I mean to well, be to be catch, fair, not not starting to catch up. Sorry, they did catch up. <laughs> to be to be fair, Jason Smith has done better at the games than any athlete from South America, and there were okay. there were athletes from South America and Latin America competing a long time ago. You remember Orlando Trejo and guys like that. And, and they have thousands of gyms, thousands of gyms. So, you know, but, but, but he's the exception. There hasn't really been anyone else to come out of Africa in the men or women's field that's made an impact on the global competitive CrossFit scene. Uh, and I, and I'm not entirely sure why that is. I mean, the, the easiest thing would be to just say they just don't have the sheer numbers, right? The participation. But if you, that fit us in Cape Town event. So they, they had a small mm-hmm. elite field, but they also had a community competition, a team competition. And there were like 89 teams from Africa or from South Africa alone that competed there. 
Wow. And it's a big, it's a big competition. And the guys who run the fitness in Cape Town have been putting events on there for a long time. So there are gyms down there. There are athletes down there competing. And, you know, it, it's a, it's a question that I, I think it's a great question. I just don't have a great answer for it. Will both these events be streamed? Can I watch Granite Games and Fittest in Cape Town? Yes. The Fittest in Cape Town was a last minute kind of decision. It was kind of up in the air. So, uh, um, the last time that they had a competition there, there wasn't a great way to watch it relative to a lot of other international events. My hope is that it'll be better this time. Um, they'd said they did make a post last week that said they'll have live broadcasting though. If we could have Jason Hopper on the podcast, what would you like to ask him? I would Jason ask Hopper, him if for he those was of you don't know. He's the guy who won the Mid Atlantic region. He's the he's the people are already whispering he's the next next big thing. I want to ask him if he's hoping to see the Hopper come back at the games. Oh, and wh- why that question? Because his last name is Hopper. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's, he's, how long has he been doing CrossFit? Has he ever been to the games before? No, I think, if I'm not mistaken, he was playing football at Clemson University in the national championship two years ago. And I'm, wow. you know, and I, and then he, I know he competed once in the off season. I've talked about that a couple of times. He was planning to compete at some sanctionals last year, I think. Obviously didn't get to. And, um, you know, he's been training in the meantime and he's obviously, He's obviously coming into the sport or the, you know, or the training methodology maybe with a, with a unique skill set. He's very strong, which obviously can help and go a long way, but he also has poise and composure and, um, he's got mobility. He moves his body through space well. So, he, you know, he seems to have a combination of gifts that's very rare. And, uh, you know, it'll be, if he does well at the games this year, we could very well be looking at kind of the next big name on the men's side. What position did he play? Do you know? I think he was a receiver. Oh, shit. So he can run like the wind. He seemed to run pretty well on that true form. Yeah. All right, Brian. Well, uh, I'll, I'll see. I'll call Jason right now and see if we can get him on in, uh, at 7 a.m. tomorrow morning. That's 11 hours from now. I'll wake up for it if you get them. All right. Sounds good. Anything else you want to say to the 12 listeners? Thank you.